0: Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. We are sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusive, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. It's a nice new ad. It's a really good it's ad. It's fresh, it's popping. it gives us the story of, I'm into this. And Overcast is like legitimately a good app, so. We legitimately endorse this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't sip. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is, is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Let's get meta. Are I was trying do- to sing let's get physical, but it just didn't <laughs> <just doesn't> work. <laughs> it worked. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. Do friendship at the problem. Trin, I need to hear about the royal baby. Oh, the
0: real royal baby.
1: Not the not the human royal baby. The squirrel baby. The squirrel baby. Catch us all up. So if you follow me on Twitter. And if you don't,
0: you're a fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> you can follow me at Jen Dangerous. Jen's with two N's. No, I'm a Trin and tonic. But uh yeah, so we found a baby squirrel. Uh, well, we didn't find a baby squirrel. So a lot of things happened, Jen. Yeah, so why
0: why? How did you know baby squirrel needed help? This is not a metaphor. We're we're talking about a literal baby squirrel.
1: My partner and I were walking to the library, and we see this woman uh, with her two kids, and she's got a baby squirrel in her arms, and she's talking very sadly on the phone, being like, I don't know what to do and all that stuff. And so my partner and I were like, we're probably going to have to, like, take care of this squirrel.
0: I know the feeling. You're going in like, this is probably going to take over my next my week. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I've been there. I'm like, well, this is all I care about now.
1: Well, because we assumed we were going to have to get him euthanized, yeah, you know? Yeah. And like, again, we just didn't want that to happen with the kids around. And the mom was like really upset. And the kids were like, we want to go home and eat dinner. So it turned out that they had found, they being the kids, had found this baby squirrel, a juvenile squirrel. <laughs> no, a youth. A youth, uh, about eight to 10 weeks old. Really fucking cute. So cute. So cute. Um, and he was motionless in a dog park. So we think that it fell out of its nest, and then the kids moved it, and they brought it to their mom. So we actually don't know what tree it was from. So we're like, okay, we'll take the squirrel off your hands. We'll figure it out. So we take the squirrel, and the squirrel immediately, is, it's alive. And we were like, surprised, because <laughs> it was so still. And it would just burrowed into my partner's gigantic arms, trying to get warm. Oh. It was oh. so sweet and oh. so cute. And oh. it was very clear right away that the squirrel wasn't injured. He was probably in shock. I was going to say, yeah, it probably
0: sounds like he was just like, too scared to move.
1: Yeah, and baby animals get really cold really fast because that's why they stay in the nest and why it's so dangerous when they fall out. So we did a bunch of Googling and we, um... (laughs) Oh,
0: he was like, you're my mommy now. Exactly,
1: yeah. Everything was closed. All the vets were closed. All the wildlife centers were closed. And so we had to kind of just figure out what to do. So I have this plastic cat carrier for uh, stray cats. As you know, I've uh, rescued some cats and brought them into my home before and blah, blah, blah. Uh, gotten fleas. Uh... (laughs) You personally have gotten fleas. So I'll get into that <laughs> in a little while. Anyway, so we bring the squirrel home, and we put, like, a little heating pad under the carrier, put little towels in it, and he just burrows into, like, a little cinnabun. Oh, little, my God. This baby, squirrel
0: hit the fucking jackpot. Little
1: baby squirrel cinnabun. And then an hour later, we go in, and we have gloves on, and we pull out the squirrel, and we give him Pedialyte. Because the they internet. can have that. That can. is so
0: damn cute. It's, like, for hungover adults and baby squirrels.
1: And baby squirrels. So unflavored Pedialyte because uh, the internet was like, he's probably dehydrated. And I was so, his little ears were flopped down because he was so exhausted. And uh, we had the light in this little Tupperware top and he would just, you would just hear him lick, lick,
0: lick. That video of him drinking is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. It was so cute. I was with a group of people when you posted that video and I was <laughs> like, everyone shut up, shut up, shut up, everyone shut up. Look at this.
1: <laughs> we named him Archie. The Royal Baby. After, well, not after the Royal Baby. It's more that I think the Royal Baby's name is really dumb. <laughs> And it's just so much better for a baby squirrel. So it was very cute. Anyway, so we leave him alone and we heard, co- go back every couple of hours and like give
0: him. And you kept the, you had to, what'd you do, keep him in, away from the cats?
1: Yeah. So we had him uh, in our, we have a room that's like we call our office and we had uh, the cat carrier locked in there with him in it. So it was like two layers of protection against the cat. So if they got in, they would definitely Did still like it. the cats know him.
0: that he was in there?
1: I don't think so.
0: They, you'd probably know if they know, right?
1: So, so he, they were never trying to get in the room. But, okay, I'll. there's a part of the story about that explains how stressed out they were. We'll get there. <laughs> they were stressed out. We they were, were stressed out? Yeah, we'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so he, uh, in like literally just two hours after he'd warmed up and had light, he was on. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. He came alive. He came alive. It was so cute. And we realized, poor Googling, who's old enough to have uh, foods, we gave him, it was really funny, we gave him uh, a little tray of like cut up grapes, cut up and skinned grapes and like broccoli stems. Oh my God, he eats just like you. And he ate just the grapes. He was like, the broccoli is disgusting. <laughs> Gross. He, broccoli. He, he literally took his little squirrel hand and knocked the broccoli out of my... <laughs> Get this away from yeah, me. Yeah, he's like... Like, how, this filth, how dare you? <laughs> this offends me. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so overnight he was fine. We just, like, every couple hours we'd give him some more Pedialyte until he was like, you know what? I think I've had a fucking enough of this stuff. Yeah. But it was, it was really What else cute. you got? Right. It was super cute. We got, like, this video of him uh, eating a grape. Uh, so the next day, we called the Wildlife Center, and they said, well, if he's old enough and he's in good health, we can absolutely rehab him and then set him free into our wilderness. And we're like, great, so how do we do that? And they're like, well, you got to bring us the squirrel. And we did not know what to do. So after asking a few people, like, oh, do you have a car? We just rented a minivan. Squirrel van. And we drove the squirrel to the Willowbrook Wildlife Center, and they took him in, and they were like, yeah, he only needs, like, maybe a couple of weeks, and then he's going to be good to, like, leave the nest oh, anyway. Oh, will never forget you. I, he probably already he has. He probably
0: already has. <laughs> but— but you did such a good thing.
1: So we had a minivan, and we were in the suburbs. Archie Mobile. We like, and then we were in the Archie Mobile, and we just did all, like, these suburbs chores. Like, go to—we went to, like, Home Depot to steal <laughs> things. To steal. And then we went to Ikea to buy things. To steal again. <laughs> and then we just, like, went—we did all these things. So we come home, and— and
0: he was there. Archie came back. No, so we, we left the
1: office door closed just in case there were parasites and stuff. And we did like a sprinkling of diatomaceous earth just to check whatever. So, two horrible things happened because no good deed goes unpunished. One, my cat was so stressed out, it was roast beast. She both peed and barfed in my bed. Oh. So, we come home after tasty. this long day. Come
0: I'm like, on. I'm taking care of this baby oh, squirrel. squirrel.
1: <laughs> Can't handle this. And, uh, and also, Jen, as you know, I am deeply delicious to insects. Oh yes, oh no, oh no. We got fleas. No, <laughs> so Archie gave us fleas, but we knew it was probably going to happen. Yeah. And so in our heads, we're like, "Well, we're, we'll take the cats to go get the the flea medication. It'll be okay." But as you know. Fleas will ignore my cats in favor of eating me. So... Oh, I'm so sorry. I have, like, 15 flea bites, and Thanks every... A lot, Archie. Every morning and night, I just... I spray off on myself to, like, starve out the fleas. <laughs> but you want to know what? Here's the thing. 100% worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. For you, I know you're the kind of selfless person that's like, yeah, do it all again for little Archie.
1: I literally would. And, like, it's not just because, like, it was... It felt like the right thing to do at the time I mean, it's a fucking squirrel. We've got a lot of squirrels right now. It's okay, you know. But it was, like, very sweet to, like, have this experience with my partner. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. It was just a lot of fun, and I would do it again. And it also kind of made me realize that, like, my life is kind of set up in such a way that I can be a helper, you know? Absolutely. So, like, you know, when we met that woman, I was just like, yo, we have— you know, weird jobs. We have more time than you. Right. We have fewer responsibilities. So I'll take this baby squirrel off your hands. And it kind of was like this really life-affirming thing of like, you know, I am 34 and I like don't have kids or a home, a house or whatever. And like, I've always been really okay with that. And it kind of really hit me as to why I am so okay with that. Like being like typical millennial with like their weird computer job is that like, I, I get to be the helper more often. You get to drop everything and be
0: like, I can be the one to do this.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's and
0: a powerful feeling.
1: But it was just like a really like life-affirming thing where I feel like in the future, if I ever get down about the fact that like, you know, my mom was like 30 and had two kids and like a house and all this stuff. And that's not something that's possible for me and most millennials. But I I am happy that I can lend myself to different weird things now. Yeah, And that's cool. So ultimately, it was good, even though I got fleas. <laughs> <laughs> Every story. Story you tell ends up with you getting, getting fleas. fleas, getting eaten up by some kind of insect. Oh, also, so uh Ryan North uh, is a comics writer and just like general, really awesome dude who's enormous and Canadian. And he was like, Oh, this is really sweet, and I'll put, I'm gonna put Archie in the next squirrel girl oh, comic. Oh, that's so great. Which is like super adorable. Oh, that's
0: amazing. Mantrin, I uh I love this. It makes me so happy because it ended happily. And uh you you also wrote on your Twitter, you're like, Yeah, I'm expecting this to end with some baby squirrel death. But that's oh, not yeah. a reason not to try. Totally. God, yeah, I just I just really admire that. Something in my brain short circuits or goes haywire when I'm around baby animals that yeah. might be in need. <laughs> but the thing about baby animals is sometimes they don't need you. Oh, totally. And humans, like, way—I know you know this. Oh, yeah. Please Google if that baby bird actually needs you yes. or if it's just jumped out of the nest and it's learning how to fly. Leave it the fuck alone. A lot of baby animals are fine without you. 100%. Like deer, deer, baby deer are probably fine. There, it's, it's funny this happened, that this Archie thing just happened, because over the weekend, we had an animal encounter. Ooh. So our backyard, uh, like, like all places in Chicago, like there's like seven inches separating our apartment building from the apartment building next door. Everything, it's a city, everything's very crammed together. And a fence separates them. And on the fence in our neighbor's yard, like really smushed up against the building, uh, a possum gave Birth to like ten Whoa. little babies and we wouldn't have noticed except Mavie lost her. Fucking
1: mind. Spring has sprung Spring and animals sprung. are horny.
0: And I was like, What am I gonna do? This is I I'm gonna save the possum. Do they need to be saved? I'm not sure yet. I'm just gonna keep an eye on the situation. And Mavie, you're we're uh, kicking you out. You're <laughs> you're up for adoption because I, I need to protect these babies. Aww. Um we Googled, like, well, one one night we came home from dinner after I'd had, like, a bottle of wine. And I was like, I'm going to feed that possum. I'm going to feed that possum. What does that possum want? <laughs> and my partner was like, well, we don't know if we want the possum to stay because we want to make sure it's safe. So maybe let's not feed the possum and make it come back to where the dogs and children are. Yeah. And I was like, mm. Yeah, that makes sense. But I really want to feed the possum, especially because they just had babies and it was Mother's Day. I oh, want to give the possum a Mother's, Mother's Day, Day present. Mother's Day
1: present!
0: Turns oh. out she moved on. Her babies all seem well, but they're great. all gone, which is great because I can have my life back. <laughs> I saw this turning into like, a this is, this is what I'm going to do now. Now I'm, I'm a godmother.
1: So like, and I, uh, I 100% agree with you. And we would not have stepped in if the squirrel had not already been picked up by somebody else. And we had a conversation with the mom and the kids, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we have no idea what tree it came from because what you're supposed to do is leave the squirrel by the tree and the mom will take him back and he'll make little noises oh, and yeah and, and the mom will take him. But the problem was that the tree was in a dog park, and we didn't even know which tree. how so just a note to the listeners that the right thing to do if we had seen the squirrel would have probably just been to keep dogs away and then wait for the mom, but it just was impossible. Man, in that situation. you totally
0: saved Archie's life.
1: Thanks. Oh, he was so cute. I have even more pictures. I'll show you after Please this. do. Because I, the thing I love the most is how in the first videos his ears all floppy. Because but then later so he's sleepy. like dun 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 dun. I'm Archie. Dun dun dun. Yeah, yakety sax is just playing in his brain. <laughs> yeah, he's very cute. Anyway, um, I guess this is. We can talk about it, uh, animals more later. <laughs> I mean, we have been doing. We've been talking about this for over fifteen minutes. You've subscribed to animals with Jetty. <laughs> this is the longest banter we've. Ever Ever had. It was less banter and more animal chat. It was. Fireside chats. You know, I'm honestly really stoked about both
0: these questions. Me too. We got some really interesting ones. They're They're, not directly friendship questions.
1: They're meta questions. Meta. Uh, I was going to explain them, but then I was like, we could just read them and answer them. That would be
0: very cool of us. (laughs) It would be better. (laughs) Hi, Friendshipers. Hey. I often have questions I want to send in to you, but most of my friends also listen to the show. (laughs) What is an appropriate way to ask for advice without seeming passive-aggressive? Thanks, pronouns she, her. First of all, your friends have great taste in podcasts. Do you guys talk about us? If you all listen to the show, do you talk about us? I want to know. This is about me now.
1: I want to know. I, what do you th- like? Is Jen like the bad boy, and I'm like the straight laced? I, I think
0: rule. you're the only person that thinks that.
1: We're, but I just who, feel- who
0: who of the two of us steals from Home Depot on the regular?
1: None. Mm-hmm. A, neither of us. Neither of us. Correct. That's not, a, <laughs> that's not a thing I've ever done. Well, no. Like I feel. Well, so okay, okay. So it's not that I think you're like the bad boy in the sense of like legal terms because you are a law-abiding citizen. We can't have a society without rules. It's just—I do feel like you add more flavor to the show. Like you're the flavor, flavor, flavor of fun i I'm the
0: I'm the spicy mustard on top of this trin salad. Yeah,
1: like, and I'm like a slab of tofu. I'm very, I'm, I'm versatile. I'm very nutritious, but not a lot of fun without a little bit of sauce. <laughs> not a
0: lot of
1: fun. Yeah. Yeah, right. So uh, your friends, Jen and Trin are here to say, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, here's the thing. It's not passive aggressive to ask an advice show about your friends. And we can help you with this. Um, We actually often will edit details out of questions if we think it's like not necessary to our answer and is like too on the nose. Totally. Like we remove names and places a lot. And we never get a question
0: that's like, what's up with my why is Jessica being such a bitch? Like, we never, we don't get questions like that. It's more like long, complicated questions. And you can lie. Yeah. You can lie to us. Yeah, that's also true. And then we won't know. Right. (laughs) Um, Or you can say, this is the real story, but this is what I want you to say.
1: Yeah, Uh, we we get those too. Um, Also, if you're just not sure what's relevant and what's extraneous details, you can say, like, in your question, please alter the details as you see fit for secrecy. For example, um, that question the last week, um, we had the guy who wrote in, like, oh, I got this job at this place, and he told us what place he was working so that we knew and could answer appropriately, but, like, we didn't say that on the air.
0: Yeah, that happens a lot. People will be like, this is what I want you to know, but it's a secret.
1: Yeah. And also, let's figure, let's think about, like, what would even happen if they found out? I cannot tell you how many of our friends have incorrectly guessed that a question was about them. It's it never is. It has I've, never. I
0: mean to our knowledge never. We we've, we've we're almost at 200 episodes now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and our friends come up to us I'd say not like regularly anymore, but they used to be like, "Is this question about me? This is from this person about me, isn't it?" Yeah, and, yeah, and it never has been. One time, we actually gender switched a question just to make it a little bit more private, and two dudes thought it was about them, even though it was actually originally from a she/her. Right,
0: right. Like whenever we we have a question that people find hashtag relatable, right, a lot of people on Twitter will be like, "Is that this might be about me?" Yeah. The problems we hear about are very universal, very common.
1: Yeah. Your, your, your problems are not unique. You're not special. You're not special. If you think a question is about you, you are probably wrong. And also, you may think that the question is about you based on details that we changed to be different from the question we received. My God. I know, right? It's I've, like so many layers yeah, of like how yeah, this yeah. is not about you. We also go wildly
0: out of order when we answer questions. Yes. So if you ask us a question right now, we could maybe answer it next week or we could answer it around Christmas time.
1: Right. It just depends on when it's relevant to maybe another question that we found or if we feel prepared to answer it. Yeah. We say,
0: I like this question, but I'm not in the mood to answer it. Right. Maybe every every other week.
1: Uh, I would say that is correct. And like, again, what would happen if they found out? Like many times people actually just need to tell their friends that there even is a problem at all. So if you think that there's a chance they'll hear this, maybe they'll self-correct. Or would they argue that you're mischaracterizing them? I mean, I think that you should take that into, into consideration that if you're about to say a bunch of mean stuff, like, make sure that it's actually right.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a good—if you want to write to us, it might be a good opportunity for you to, like, really look at the problem.
1: Right, and consider their viewpoint. So, um, is, how's that? I feel like that's a good how to be secret about this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about how to ask a good question in general, because this person has not yes, yet asked us a real question. I'm so curious. And we can help. Yeah, let's do that. So, let's talk about background. Yeah, definitely tell us
0: how you know, when you write to us, tell us how you know the people involved. Like, if you are best friends, you should say that. So if you aren't close, but we have to know that too. Or if you're like, I, I love them, but this thing is really bothering me. Like, if you have nothing nice or kind to say about someone that you write us to, we're going to assume that you couldn't think of anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and there's a difference between like, I've known Anne since childhood and I see them every Wednesday for Trivia. And Anne is my creative partner, and I see them once a week this to do is a so podcast. Cute. You know <laughs> it's my life. It's But my life. those are two very different things. Those dynamics are completely different. Like I, I consider Jen one of my best friends, but like I see Jen once a week for podcasting and like we hang out uh, like outside of like creative work, like you know, maybe once a month. Yeah. We text so, when neither of us are sober. Right. <laughs> But that tells you a lot about our situation and would definitely uh, inform an answer a little bit better. Especially online friends, I think, are really important for you to give us as much context as possible. Like, I've known my friend Mick Sprinkles from World of Warcraft, and we've never met in real life, but it would break my heart if we completely fell out of touch. You know, we, we share each other's stuff on Tumblr, and tw- this is a real person. Yep,
0: <laughs> I know.
1: My, my old <laughs> take. You know, so like, uh, but if I were to say an online friend... Like there is so much that you would not understand about this situation. Rather than we had this shared experience a long time ago, and we still keep in touch. Yep, I love that trend
0: because it t- it makes the writer think about the relationship in a way that they maybe have never considered. Yeah, like oh man, this person does mean a lot to me, or I only recognize this person by their avatar. <laughs>
1: There's also, like, is the problem person or persons aware of the problem and just not trying to fix it? Or they are not aware of the problem and you're not sure how to tell them? Like, we want to know what the awareness is of everybody in the problem. Where are you in,
0: like, the process of working on
1: this? Yes. Is this your first
0: time thinking about it? Uh, Have you tried to bring up the problem before to the friend and they didn't get it? Like, where – tell us where you are.
1: Uh, Also, what's the setting? Because there are so many different places you can know a friend. And you guys are really, really good at this. But just for everyone else who hasn't yet written us a question, school, work, online friend, friend I see often, friend from childhood, someone who likes me, but I really hate them. (laughs) Um,
0: That's my favorite. That's a fun one.
1: Like, that's, that's important. Also, I love knowing when there are outside opinions that you're aware of. So, for example, if your partner is like constantly telling you that your friend is toxic and you don't agree, we, yeah. we want to know that.
0: Totally. Oh, man, that is so good. I mean, we know like, don't listen to anyone in your life if you <laughs> feel strongly about something. Totally.
1: But
0: if your friends love you and are worried about you, uh, we want to know that.
1: Right. Like, or uh, a coworker of mine knows about this and they say I should go to HR. Oh
0: yeah, very good example.
1: I uh, like that. That is important to us because it's not just like, oh, you're definitely telling the truth because someone is backing you up. It's more like, it's cool that you have people who care about you and we know you have an ally. And also the, just having a little bit of corroboration, I think is really good for us. Yeah, it, it tells us that you've spoken this aloud before, which yes. is good to know. Oh, and then well, what is the problem and why is it a problem? So my friends never text me back is different from, My friends never text me back, and that's really hard because I'm not on Facebook anymore, and I don't have another good way to get in touch with them.
0: And I miss them, and I feel lonely, and we live in different cities. Like, that tells us way more.
1: Right. So, like, my friends never text me back. Well, we might just be like, I think you need to get over the fact that they don't. Or if you say, my friends never text me back because I'm not on Facebook anymore, and I feel really isolated, then we would give you scripts to figure out how to text your friends and be like, hey, this is my main mode of communication now, and I need you to take it a little more seriously.
0: Yep. What else? Oh, this is a good one. Trin, you wrote that they should try to consider what would the ideal outcome be for the yeah. situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you want an apology. Sometimes you never want to talk to the person again. Sometimes you just want us to verify that your problems are real and we are always happy to that do that. That is such
0: a powerful thing to hear someone else that you presumably like a little bit. Right. Yeah, <laughs> th- um, to say like, oh, wow, that, that really sucks. Yeah. Like the first time a therapist did that for me, it was like, it was like, I like cracked my brain open. I couldn't believe it.
1: Like, like, wow, this is, this is real. Yeah, you
0: think that, and you're really smart. Yeah. So, whoa.
1: I mean, I think that's about it. Like, I mean, really, just like enough background and enough understanding of what you want to see happen in the future so that we can tell you the path to get there. I yeah, think that's the best yeah, way to Yeah, 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 totally.
0: Tell us what you want. And uh, it's very powerful to realize, I want an apology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. heal without this
1: person saying, I'm sorry. Or if it's just you want to see them change their behavior because they're doing something like totally benign and it's not apology worthy, but you want them to alter what they're doing. Yep. Like those are different things. But yeah, so this is a good question. Um, just, and just I want to re- reiterate one more time. Probably no one has asked a question about you, individual listener.
0: I just don't think it's happened. Definitely some things will ring true. You'll probably get that like fluttery nervous feeling of like, oh my God, could that be me? It's not. Yeah. It's almost certainly not.
1: And if it is about you, well, great. That's so good. You didn't even have to ask a question into Jen and Trin's No show. one
0: will know also.
1: Yeah. Like, now you have additional context on a situation that maybe you didn't even know was bad. Plus, we have 300
0: million listeners. Yeah. So, there, there's no way. I mean, the odds are it's not you. We have 8 billion listeners. That's as many people that are every single person on the earth listens to Friendshiping. More Wow, that's a, a lot of reach. Yeah. We have a lot of power. <laughs> All right, next question? The next question. Another meta one, sort of. Oh, I, oh, I read the second
1: Yeah, question. I'm going to get my water bottle. Hold on. Okay, you you okay. keep going. Okay. Hi there. Since you always recommend people should talk to a therapist, I was wondering if you could talk a bit about how to talk to therapists. What are some things you should definitely do, definitely avoid doing, to make sure that you found the right person and actually get something out of therapy? I realize this may be slightly off-topic, although it is basically about establishing a good relationship with your therapist, but I feel like this could benefit some people and give them an outline on how to behave and what to expect when they consider entering therapy.
0: Such a great question. Therapy is never off-topic for us, mostly because we recommend it almost every single time we record. Okay, so the first impressions I get from this asker, I can't help but I'm going to dig into what the asker said. It sounds like you're really worried about doing therapy wrong. And I get that. In the beginning of therapy, it was so hard for me to be honest. Like, I really, really wanted the therapist to like me. I really wanted to get an A in therapy. I wanted a good grade. Um, so I, I've had to train myself to f- pretend that I'm not there to make the therapist laugh. Or
1: Yeah. Because
0: cause it feels like that person is an audience to me. And I got to perform. I got to say something juicy or interesting or I have to exaggerate or downplay. And like you don't have to do any of those things. All you have to do is show up and and start, which is very hard to do.
1: And that's an inclination that you will have to fight forever. And it's also something that can impact your therapy negatively if you uh, make too much of a friend of your therapist. I remember I ended up leaving a therapist that I had been going to for years because I realized that she was just kind of enabling me to do what I wanted and, like, not really giving me any critical advice. Like, she was always on my side for everything. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, you have friends for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like, actual friends. Right. Like, you—and I do think that having a sympathetic therapist is a wonderful thing. But if you go in there hoping to be the best patient on their list and get, you know, Dr. Richard Nygaard's uh, (laughs) Most Improved Patient of the Year award or whatever, like, that's not going to happen, and uh, try really hard to think about, like, pretend you're going into your doctor with, like, a broken penis, you know?
0: <laughs> your weenus is broken.
1: Like, a really embarrassing problem that you can't make light of. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I
0: get it. I, uh, oh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. The broken penis thing really Sorry, guys. me.
1: <laughs> I just watched a Bob's Burgers episode where Jimmy Jr.'s penis got broken because Zeke jumped on him. Oh, dang. It's really Don't you hate episode? it when that happens? I, do, I sure do. So keep in mind,
0: you don't need your therapist to like you. And also your therapist will know to look out for these things. I always wanted my therapist to be proud of me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> tell me you're proud of me. <laughs> do you think I'm doing a good job? <laughs> um, but there's no grade for therapy. You get an A for We'll give you an A plus if yeah. you go to therapy. Good job. Uh, so we don't really want to tell you how you should or shouldn't talk to a therapist because I'm not sure there is a do and don'ts list. Like anything you tell a therapist – they will learn something about you, right?
1: Right, right. I mean, like, you know, we can tell you flat out, don't try and date your therapist. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, that is such a good... There are don'ts. Don't yeah. harm.
0: Uh, stalk your therapist. You'll probably Google them and find them on Facebook. That's pretty Which normal. Fine, yeah. That's not stalking. Um, don't try and date your therapist.
1: I, I would say don't get on a texting basis with your therapist if you can help it. Do your best to maintain a level of professionalism if you can
0: just some stuff to keep in mind. I just threw a list down of things that I didn't know when I started therapy. There will be a clock in the room, just like on TV, there will be a clock. And if it doesn't have analog numbers, you won't know how to read it. <laughs> so learn how to read a clock. <laughs> um, and your therapist will tell you when time is up or when time is winding down. And they do that for everyone. It's not a dig on you to get you out the door.
1: Yeah. And they, they have learned body language to like start wrapping up the, the session. And you'll eventually kind of be cued into what that looks like.
0: The first thing they will ask you probably is what brings you here today? Kind of like a regular doctor. What brings you here today? I just finished reading a book about a woman named Heather Armstrong, who was like the original blogger of the internet. Blah, 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 blah. Long story short, she wrote something that has been sticking with me the last couple weeks. And she wrote, I wish people understood that your mind is just susceptible to disease as your heart and your lungs and everything else. So a good therapist does know that and does believe it. So find a therapist that that is their thesis. Like they are there to help you. But remember that therapists are human. Okay, they're human. They probably talk to therapists. They probably seek therapy themselves. Many of them do.
1: So when they ask you what brings you here today, that answer can look like a million things. It could be, I have a history of depression, or I'm just really bummed out lately. I don't know what's going on. And also I'm sore. I'm tired all the time. Right. Like I've been angry or, uh, and and they, they will know what questions to ask you to get you to open up about certain things. Don't expect that you are going to stay on one topic for any amount of time. Let your mind go.
0: One thing I wish I had known is you can literally bring stuff to therapy. Yeah. You can show text messages, emails, you can write notes throughout the week and be like, I want to bring this to to my therapist. I actually recommend that because um when something's bothering me, I I do what I, I take it and I shove it in a little shelf and I close the door and I'm like, well, never gonna worry about <laughs> that again. And uh that's actually not what therapy is for. Therapy is for opening opening the cabinet.
1: Oh god, that's so scary and gross. But it's so necessary. You need to like dust out the cobwebs and alphabetize your spices. <laughs>
0: Your first session and probably your first few will feel kind of useless. Yes. You'll be like, well, that was a waste of 50 minutes and $75. But you have all, you've never done it before. So you have all these walls up, all these self-protections that you have never touched before. And it's time to bring them crumbling down. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. That's my other point. If your therapist is good and trustworthy and you like them, you will dislike them at some point. Yeah, I think you will most likely be like, damn it, I don't want, why did you make me do that? Why did you make me think about that? And if, it's a, if there's a pattern of that, that probably means you need a new therapist. But occasionally you will be like, oh, fine.
1: Right? I know. God, I got so grumpy at my therapist the other day. I'm, I won't go into it, but I was so grumpy. But I love at her. The,
0: at the therapist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, That's so
1: normal. Really? Uh, also, uh, expect to cry at some point. You know, um, e- even if you're not a crier, be aware that it's so normal, and it's a reaction like sneezing. Crying means that you've hit on a topic that has a lot of pent up emotion into it. You may cry at something that you don't understand why it's making you sad, and like, and that is good data to have. There's this really great line uh, that Entrapta says in Shira that like. One of the cool things about science is that even when you fail, you get data.
0: Yeah, And that's
1: what, especially with the first few uh, sessions are going to be like, is that you are giving data to this person to put together. And crying is data. It means this thing was important or this is worth uh, exploring. And you don't have to talk through your tears. You could take a breath in you have some Kleenex, do your thing, but never be embarrassed about crying because that is like a really important component of therapy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The first, um, the first session I ever went to with the therapist I ended up really liking, she kind of set the tone for the room by saying, she told me I could cry, I could scream, I could throw things, just not at her. Oh. And I was like, oh <laughs> damn, this is going to be, this is going to be good. Like if, if you've seen all that and I'm, I'm not a thrower, type of person. Uh, So I was like, well, if she's seen that, then this should probably go pretty smoothly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Having emotional reactions is okay. And uh, expect to have them even if you're not like a very outwardly emotional person, because this is we're digging deep.
0: Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Um, I have a friend who's a massage therapist. And I asked her one time, I was like, do people ever cry after massage? And she's like, all the time.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, It's
0: because something about the physical release matches the emotional release. Also, people that come to massages are often very stressed. Yeah. Or um, she does, this is so cool that she does this. She does massage therapy for cancer patients or people who are pregnant. Or she's she's done massages for people who are on vacation. She's seen every range of emotion and something about being alone with a stranger, being alone with their thoughts for an hour really brings it out in people. What else? You don't need to have answers for everything that is asked. Yeah. Uh, It's not a test. It's not a quiz. Might feel like it at times, but it's not. Your therapist might recommend you a different therapist, and that is not a dig on you. That is a professional decision that you are being recommended for better treatment. And remember that this is treatment. It's like going to physical therapy. It will take time, many sessions, to get things rolling. Don't worry about making a ton of progress, although I know you will, but you're not going to do therapy incorrectly. You will uncover things over a long time what else? Um, There's so
1: much. There's no way we can cover everything, but we hope we're giving you like a good snapshot about what it could look like.
0: You know, I almost recommended some books that I've read written by therapists, but I don't want you to read those because it might scare you away. And it might set up your expectations for like, I hope my therapist isn't like that. Oh, I really hope my therapist is like that. And really what you are doing, like what Trin said, you're going to gather data.
1: And there are also red flags as to this is not the therapist for you. I, oh God, (laughs) Trin, please bring us back. So I have a funny story and a sad story. I'm gonna start with the sad story and end with the funny story. Hell yeah. So I had a therapist for a long time that I never came out to as bisexual because she had said so many underhanded things about being bi. Here's a good example. I was um, talking about my partner at the time and she said something like, yeah, men, but, uh," and I was, and I get, I said something like, yeah, I might just switch and date women because I was trying to like come out to her. And she's like, Oh, you know, women have their own set of problems. And, you know, people who date both also have their own set of problems. Oh, Jesus. And I was just like, oh, boy, oh, goodness, oh, geez. But I wasn't in the position to switch therapists at the time. Like, I just had to kind of deal with it and, like, work through the problem that I had because I didn't want to go through the transition to a new therapist. There may be a situation like that where you just have to deal with their shitty biases. And it also may be, whoa, that's the straw that breaks the camel's back, which it was, and I moved on to somebody else. But then there's the dog therapist. Oh, man. So the the short version, because you should definitely just go listen to this episode because, like, there's nothing like just being in it. Listen to, like, the first 10 minutes of, like, this, this string of four episodes. I had a therapist who stole a dog and gave it to her neighbor because her neighbor was getting divorced and she thought it would make her happy, which is like so wrong on so many levels. So it was just this dog and she's like, yeah, the dog didn't have an owner, didn't have a collar at all. So I just took the, I took the dog and I got him a leash and I tied him to her door with a note that said, if you don't take me in, I'm going to kill myself.
0: Do you remember that? Episode 134, title, Give Me More Than Emojis.
1: Oh. Oh my God!
0: Don't miss. Don't miss out on the story of the worst therapist I've ever heard of. Really good example. Um, therapists are also humans, and humans are incredibly weird and not always trustworthy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, you have to use your own judgment too. Like, it's so hard because I know you're going in there being like, you know, I'm seeing the world through this warped lens of my depression or my anxiety and like maybe my problems with my therapist are due to that. But you're also still a a smart person. And if you feel like you're not vibing with somebody or if they like put off some red flags, like you can leave.
0: Trust your gut, trust your instincts. You aren't going in there immediately becoming this person's patient right away. You are you're testing the waters with this person too. And it's gonna be awkward no matter what, because it's an awkward relationship to give all your personal information to a stranger and trust them with it. But look for the red flags. You don't need to ignore them for the sake of treatment. You can find a solution for you.
1: Yeah. And you can just ghost them is the other thing. Oh
0: my God. Totally ghost your therapist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have formally broken up with therapists only in that like they emailed me and I was like, you know what? I've decided to discontinue treatment at this time. But yep. And you. how did that go? And it was done. It was done. You know? Um, and your therapist will email you if they don't hear from you for a while just to make sure that you're okay. You can ghost those emails too. It's not rude. I mean, they're still um, a person that you are hiring. They're not a friend you're ignoring. And ultimately, ghosting is just easier for people sometimes. And when we're dealing directly with our own mental health, sometimes we just have to do the path of least resistance. And that's okay. That is okay. There's so much to talk about with therapy. Yeah,
0: well, we, this is just a tiny like primer for what therapy could do for you, how it could help. If there are actually any licensed therapists out there that want to answer this question. I'd yeah. love to hear from you. If you're not actually professional,
1: don't weigh in on this one. <laughs> yeah, because we're not professionals either. We're, yeah. we're, we're weighing in on this as uh, two fairly successful outcomes of therapy, I feel like. Yeah. Like, we both function better because of the therapy Absolutely. we've had, even though we are works in progress.
0: Yep. Yep. And it's not like I feel good all the time. It's more like I have a little voice in the back of my head that is like sticking up for myself. You know know what therapy has done for me and my partner of many years has also done this for me and also having good friends is whenever I'm like stuck in a situation or, or sad or upset or I can't make a decision of how to go forward. I have two voices that tell me either to do the thing that's that means sticking up for myself or do the thing that means having fun and relaxing. Yeah. And those are two options I have never given myself until <laughs> a therapist was like, you know, you could just do this.
1: That's super rad. I think my biggest takeaway from therapy has been understanding my own sense of self. Like there was a really long time where I, I mean like I, I've made so many failed friendships over like high school and college because I never... I never liked myself or understood myself well enough to let other people know me. And after therapy, I kind of was able to separate the artifice from things that I actually care about and, like, find real. Um, And so it's improved my relationships in that way. So, like, yeah, therapy is great.
0: Therapy is great. I have a a friend who... Uh, She was doing pretty well, but she started going to therapy because she just like what you said, Trent, she's like, I want to know myself better. Yeah, I feel like there's some parts of me that I'm not really understanding. I'm not depressed, not too anxious about it, but I'm curious to to understand myself and my patterns and my habits.
1: I mean, for me, it it made me wildly depressed because I was never able to make the right decisions for myself because I didn't really know who I was making choices for and i feel like that's a problem for a lot of people in their 20s in in particular is that like you are trying to figure out what parts of your life are you basing around society's expectations and what is what are you actually doing for your own happiness and if you don't even know what makes you happy like it can be a a horrible rut to have to get out of oh, that is so true i th- i feel like my
0: early 20s were all about Constantly doing things I didn't enjoy doing,
1: yeah, and then being like, "Why am I so sad?" (laughs) Right, right, because you don't even know that. Like, people don't really present young people with a variety of options that you can turn into when you're an adult. Yeah, you know, like like what we were talking about earlier in the episode about how it's like, you know, sometimes I get down about like not having a house and kids and all that stuff, but I'm like genuinely happy with like the way things are going now because like I realize that that's a valid option. Like, it's a real thing you can do. Like,
0: no one told you like you know you don't have to. Have a picket fence. You can go save animals, right? I'm, you could save Archie. You
1: could save Archie the squirrel. Yeah,
0: that's true. This reminds me of a, a conversation I had with a Lyft driver recently, which I try never to do. But <laughs> um it was it was a pretty decent conversation. This woman was telling me like she's like going back to school, and she's telling me about her life, which I generally like hearing. Uh, like what people are up to, as long as they don't turn it around on me and have me answer anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I could sense it coming. But anyway, she was telling me like you know when when you're younger, people tell you do this to get this job or study this and, uh, to make this amount of money. But no one tells you like to consider the lifestyle you want.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: like I want to be, uh, like, she's like, I like having mornings to myself. I want a job where I work at night. And it's like, no one, no one ever like presented that opportunity to her. And I was like, holy shit, that's so true.
1: Like, and it's like, how much of your life do you want to spend working on your own projects? Do you want to be able to keep 90 plants alive? You know, like you have to, these are all things you put into perspective, I think, in, in therapy. and and. As much as we talk about therapy, we also want to acknowledge that there are a lot of different valid ways to get your ass together that aren't therapy. My good friend, her mom has gone through major, major suffering in her life, but therapy has never worked for her. But what is helpful for her is that she has a really good, close uh, network of friends, and she keeps on a very even keel because she feels supportive and, and happy with them. It is 100% possible to sort yourself out without therapy. It's just a it's just very commonly a good tool for people who have the privilege to access it.
0: Yeah, yeah, we probably should have opened by saying, oh, we know that therapy requires uh, time, commitment that you may not be able to give, insurance, money, commuting, a schedule change, like these are all barriers in your way. So if you manage to overcome them and go to therapy, more power to you, but it's not the only way to feel better.
1: Yeah, and there are also like different ways to do therapy. Like group therapy is often, it right. can be cheaper. Um, it can be something that uh, you grow a community off of. If, this, if none of this sounds like something that would help you, you don't have to try therapy.
0: Yeah, we recommend it because uh, so many people don't even realize that they might want to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it like blew my mind when I realized I actually could talk to a counselor. And like, I'm a woman. I'm supposed to talk about my feelings. Right? Imagine all the all the men in the world who are like, I have to be tough and can't. I can't cry ever. Like, those are the people. People that. Want to try therapy, but have never really considered it, that's who we're trying to reach.
1: Yeah. If you have any inclination at all that this might help you and, you, and you are cool with going outside of your box a little bit, try therapy. But if you have no inclination at all, we would never force you. Yeah. Well, has this been Friendshiping? It, been friendshiping? it has. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at DoFriendship. If you want to uh, email us a question, you can also do that at friendshipingpodcasts at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parvin for editing. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing. Thank you to Monica L- L- Monica Lewis? No. Monica Verma. Thank you, Monica Verma, for being our agent. Thank you. Archie for being my new best friend. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Gallagher, for doing our design work. Who am I missing? You know what? We do this every week, and I really just should have a list in front of me, and I've never done such a thing. Hey, don't be so hard on my friend, Trin. You know what? And thank you to Jen for being lovely.
0: You're welcome for being lovely.
1: Your friendship had the problem. All right. Let's see how our little wavies look. Looking good, girls. (laughs)